What's up, everybody? We are back for another week of the Drags Inc. podcast, and this week, things get chaotic. I am your host, Senior Associate Editor Brian Wagner. On the other side, Chris Graves, the madman behind Funny Car Chaos. Chris, what is going on? How you doing, buddy? We're doing good, man. Doing good, doing good. Definitely uh, awesome to have you on the show, for sure, for a lot of different reasons. Um it's cool for me because I've worked with you through dragzine and through the industry and always kind of like admired your work as a photographer. And you're one of those people that uh, a lot of others cite for your work and whatnot. And, you know, we kind of touched on this briefly during the pre-show and it's, I always like to know the story, man. How did you get drawn into this, uh, this industry? Yeah, well, I grew up in a drag racing fan uh, family. My grandfather and my dad were both definitely into drag racing and hot rodding in general. And uh, we've got a three-generation tradition of 55 Chevy ownership and, um, you know, just kind of digging cars. And I grew up, you know, pushing Hot Wheels through the stands at, at Texas Motorplex and, you know, uh, catching the late, early, late 80s, early 90s, all of the 90s of all the big show stuff. Uh, we'd go to several national events a year and, and that, you know, that, that, that got me hooked on, on nitro and drag racing and the power. And, you know, it's been a, a full-time thing in my life for, uh, since I was born, that's kind of like all I really care about <laughs> drag racing. So, so we're definitely almost cut from the same cloth being the little track rat, you know, being around cars. And it, it's funny that a lot of people, I think that listen to the show and watch the show can identify with this and other people as well is that when you grow up that way, it's school and growing up and kind of becoming an adult, people sometimes don't know how to identify you. You don't know how to deal with people, other people, because you, you are race car. That, that is, that is not just right. a personality trait. That's how you were raised. Right. Oh yeah, man. I was the kid that, you know, had the, you know, Lori John's t-shirts on and, always wearing drag racing shirts and Eddie Hill stuff at school. And everybody knew, you know, Chris likes drag racing, you know, cause I always wore a new, new team shirt every week. I never, I never wore the, you know, the Abercrombie or any of that kind of stuff. It was always drag racing shirts and, you know, so, you know, and I had a 67 Camaro in high school as the only kid in high school with a muscle car, you know, everybody had a 2020 or a 2000 Mustang or whatever, but uh, you know, it, that, you know, it's, it's a part of our life for sure. And it's a, it's a fun ride, man. Yeah. It's funny. Like I've got the, uh, the wall of fame behind me when I, you know, collected autographs as a kid, got a bunch of others laying around pictures all over the place. And it's like just this constant theme that I've noticed and a lot of people identify with in all forms of the industry, whether it's a big show professional racer, I've interviewed a bracket racer is that the drag racing life consumes you in such a positive way. Absolutely, man. It does. And and it's great for, for kids to get involved. That's why, you know, not to jump ahead, but like at Funny Car Chaos, we try to run juniors as much as we can. If I can make one junior kid go home telling his parents he wants to be a funny car racer, then it was worth it, you know? Um, so, and my, my wife grew up in junior dragsters and stuff. So getting them started early and we just need to, we, we need to get NHRA to give us a junior funny car class. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean they they have I've seen the the mini funny cars. I actually saw one. <laughs> this is kind of wild. I was watching videos for a story and this dude was like showing this like I started following through his channel and it was a 
reverse run no prep race at Orlando Dragway that was quite literally run what you brung. And one of the vehicles running in this was one of those mini funny cars. And it was racing like <laughs> Porsches, Camaros, motorcycles. I'm like, I've seen a lot of stuff, but that, that that's a new one. All right. Yeah, we had a we had a couple of mini funny cars in uh, Lufkin the year before last, and we've I've seen some junior funny cars running around. But yeah, get back get back at the topic. You know, the kids getting the kids involved. That's what you know. I love my racers, man, because they're so good at the kids. They've all got hero cards. They're all ready to sign autographs. They all put them in their cars. Um, you know, that's what it's all about. Lots of good pictures after every race from from drivers hanging out with families and stuff. So, oh yeah, it just it puts the it, it, honestly, like that kind of stuff ties together. It, it kind of marries well with what you see, honestly, with the street outlaws, the no prep Kings thing with, they see how important that demographic and the families are, and they do so well tying it together and outlaw org. I'm going to, I'm not going to lump you in with outlaw organizations, but I'll say like non big show organizations do that same thing where they make it very, uh, very fan friendly. And I think that's, that's very important for the sports health. Absolutely, man. It's not, we're not, there's no show without the fans, man. No, totally. You know, it's, I, it, it drives me insane that promoters don't use all of the weapons in their arsenal to fill, fill the staging lanes with bracket cars to help fill the time, give them a place to race and put money in the purse and then you have your big song and dance your big you know the people there to see match races and stuff like that that's what puts the fans in the stands they check that out they see that they can bracket race you complete the circle of life you've created a fan and a racer all one full swoop sure yeah there's no downtime man there's no reason for downtime there should always be something going down the track and Nonstop entertainment. If you run out of entertainment, you got to have something else. So, you know, we had we had we had a dozen midget Elvis impersonators at, at the Texas Motorplex. Andy Carter booked in there, and we've had. Uh, I mean, we've always got something to throw in the stands. We got fireworks. We got whatever. We've got we've had bands playing on the side of the track. I mean, it's entertainment. You know, that right there is like. If anybody from NHRA, any other organization is watching, they need to write that down right there, that you have to make a certain level of it entertaining to keep people's attention, plain and simple, which I will say, well, what's your thoughts on this with what the NHRA does with like the, the that started out with Nitro School and it's pro mod school and pro stock school and pro stock motorcycle school. That's some pretty cool stuff that they do with that. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's great. You know, I think that they're, they're doing the best they can. Um, and they're, they're trying and, you know, it's an evolution. Everything's an evolution, but, uh, anything anybody can do to get the younger generation involved, obviously that's what's going to carry the sport forward through the next couple of decades, you know? Um, so got to have it or, or, you know, without them, you know, put the video games down and, and get out and smell some burning rubber, you know? Speaking of the burning rubber and whatnot, you know, you, you did a lot of time as a professional photographer, took some amazing images. I've used some of your images and stories in your mind. Is there anything that jumps out as one of those pictures you took that is like iconic, crazy? Like I've got some crazy willies, some nitro nitrous backfires, 
you know, some cool stuff. Is there any in your mind that kind of cool pictures and stories to go with them? Oh yeah. There's one that stands out. I wish I had a copy of it here with me, but um, I spent a few years working on part-time working on nitro cars, just cleaning oil pans and mountain tires and polishing 18 wheeler wheels and stuff like that. And, uh, got to meet Mitch King through that journey. And he's out of uh, Galveston, Texas, ran a top fuel car and a, a fuel altered. And uh, we were, uh, he was in, it was 2009 at uh, North Star Dragway here in Denton, Texas. And I was on a local radio show doing a Sunday radio show every Sunday. And he was my featured guest. And we had an outlaw fuel altered association race coming up in a month. And I had him on TV or I had him on the radio and I dared him to do a fire burnout. So we, I've been wanting to do a fire burnout forever. Uh, I had seen one done in 2001 at uh, Fallen, Nevada, when Ricky Ruiz and the Nevada Rattler did a fire burnout. And that was that was awesome. And so I wanted to do it again. And so anyway, I got him to agree to do it. You know, I called him out on the radio and he said, oh, well, I guess I got to do it now. So uh, that Friday night we did a fire burnout and, and we put plenty of gasoline down and it lit up big time. And uh, it lit up the back of the tire. You know, it was spinning and the fuel altered doesn't have body over the rear tire. So it shot the gas way up in the air and what also ignited was the, the the fumes from the from the pipes and the raw nitro. I guess somehow lit too. So the it looked like it had header flames plus the fire burnout. And it's just this one frame of nine shots that I got in that sequence. But that one frame had double header flames and the fire burnout all at the same time. And it's just this craziest photo I've ever taken. You couldn't take it again if you tried. But uh, there's plenty of wheel stands and engine blowups and all that kind of stuff. But that. That Mitch King bone bucket fuel altered fire burnout picture is definitely probably never going to be topped on my end anyway. That's like the shots I got of, uh, oh, guy with the 18 wheeler truck, uh, Bob Moats up at the, the uh -huh. up at Norwalk a few years ago during the first time I ever went to their night under fire. And it was when he was going to burn down the sign. And it was one of those right. deals where right place, right time, like, you're as a photographer sometimes your spider sense kicks in and you're just like just go just go with it lay on the shutter and shoot so i just you know bang 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 was shooting as much as i could didn't realize a lot of things one of which was my position on the track where i thought i was in a safe spot you know which i tell people as a photographer you need to have an <laughs> escape plan because you never want to know what things are going to mm -hmm. go sideways and i made a miscalculation i thought i was like kind of like on the outside of the wall i was on the inside of the wall so if anything would have went sideways, I was not where I needed to be. And shooting jet right. cars is a whole interesting experience in amongst itself, which I, I'll do it because I have to, but it's always in my mind. And then I started looking at the pictures afterwards. Like you said, you go through frame by frame. And the one shot I got was like everything was perfectly lit. And it just looks like the, the, the truck is like coming out of hell with all the flames behind it. And it kind of accidentally went viral. Norwalk used it in their uh, Summit Motorsports Park, using their literature. It's just one of those pictures that jams out in your mind is, wow, I could probably never do that again if I tried. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll have to compare, man. Oh, uh, a few altered. Well, I'll, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> man. And that, that fuel, well, fuel altered are just cool no matter what. So I'm sure that image is like, I picture that in my mind running with like the old Diamond P, like, music which th that oh yeah yeah that that's going to lead into my first question i want to ask of you 
is you know you have on your funny car chaos website a lot of the literature the classic steve evans quote about funny cars you know sometimes they shake rattle and occasionally roll which is you know if you know where that's from you know where it's from you got the, the you've got the old diamond p video cassettes in your library which my dad still has at home by the way you know why are funny cars so cool man why are they so cool to you man i mean yeah uh I grew up watching Sesame street and decades of thrills, you know, and Steve Evans was like God to me. And, uh, I would just watch it over and over and over. Cause I wanted to watch, you know, you at those time at that time, those drivers were still driving and I wanted to know more about what they had done before I was born, you know, and just the, the long burnouts, dude, it's the dry hops. It's the big burnouts. It's the, uh, that body coming down, you know, fumes coming from the pipes. It's just nothing cooler, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Top fuel is cool too, but, uh, there's just something about funny cars and, and, uh, just that, that tire smoking ground pounding action, man. I mean, I, they're, they're by far my favorite class. And, um, you know, as Steve Evans said, they're the most popular drag racing vehicle on the planet. But for me, it's just like, I've always been a funny car fan. Top fuelers were like thoroughbreds. They've always liked to me growing up, they were refined, but funny cars, they were fun to watch because they were crazy. You didn't know what they were going to do. Watching, you know, the old and they walked away videos and all those like old funny car videos, man, you know, those dudes had their hands full, like no matter what they like, they were buckling in for a day at the office. Oh yeah, man. You got to drive them for sure. You know, that's, I don't want to see anybody go out there and blow up, but you know, I guess what most fan appeal is, you know, flying bodies everywhere and, you know, getting sideways and pedaling it and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. People seem to forget. Um, yeah. When funny cars used to go boom, you know, back in the, uh, well, not caught the stone age, the, uh, the more, the, the fun age of nitromethane when they used to blow a lot more stuff up more violently, funny cars would turn, uh, they turn expensive bobby bodies into confetti in a flash, literally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, everything's a lot safer now, but uh, there's plenty of old videos of all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, the beauty of uh, YouTube is we can go online and find it at our will and not have to rewind a VCR to, you know, to, or skip back on a DVD right. to watch it. Yeah, you got to go to the antique store now to get a VCR player. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got one in the basement just in case you never know if the world's going <laughs> to completely end. I've, you know, you got to be prepared for any situation. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Sp speaking of being prepared for any situation, I've got to hit our uh, first sponsor here this episode, Performance Distributors. They keep you prepared for Spark. Well, what does that mean exactly? Their ignition systems are dyned and manufactured under the most stringent of guidelines. In fact, Owner Steve Davis told us that their systems are designed as if they're running in their own vehicles, because they are. One of the products you may already know of for them is their line of DUI distributors, the first and one of the best HEI distributors on the market. Their machine calibrated timing curves provide instant throttle response and eliminate engine damaging detonation. For those of you with late model vehicles, their Sultan of Spark ignition coils are based on DUI technology, so they can accommodate a wider spark plug gap while firing out more voltage. Make sure to check out PerformingDistributors.com to get all your ignition needs covered. Ignition is one of those things that definitely plays into uh, 
some of those old funny car issues, which again is that's what's fun about old nitro stuff is a lot of those dudes like to me it's like it's hard that like pioneer is a word that comes to mind is because they didn't have all this data technology like they were looking at spark plugs and and main bearings to figure out whether their engine was happy or not yeah for sure man yeah and i think dale armstrong was the first guy that, that put a computer on a car or any kind of a you know data acquisition on a funny car um could be wrong but i think that's right but yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I always tell people is like, you know, uh, no prep's been around forever because that's what those guys used to run on. I mean, there was no tire rotators. They were running top fuel cars on total junk, you know. Um, but back in those days, you know, it was a different game and you could smoke the tires all the way through the end and you'd have two guys doing that side by side and the crowd went wild, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's evolution. Everything's uh, advanced now. But um, yeah. They were, and I, a lot of my racers still do that. I mean, honestly, a lot of the funny car guys, they, they've got data acquisition, but it's not to the scale of anything like the big show. They're still absolutely reading their spark plugs and, you know, looking at bearings all the time. You know, becoming a drag racing promoter isn't typically something that gets talked about during career day at school. Well, at least at my school, it wasn't, you know. How did this kind of happen for you to go from a photographer to, oh, I'm I've run a drag racing promotion deal now. Well, you know, it was a 20 year journey, I guess. Um, you know, we did, we did, me and my wife did the photography, max tackle photography for about 15 years and, uh, went to over 80 drag strips in that time. Uh, went to, from everything from uh, the Bakersfield sand drags in the sand and, and out in SoCal to, uh, Toronto doing 4th of July shows and bracket races and car shows and all kinds of different stuff. So, um, we took a job, uh, working at a track here in North Texas for several years and had a chance to do some events there and really liked the, uh, organization and execution of events. Um, was also affiliated in some management level type stuff for several series, uh, nostalgia type series and stuff over the few years. And, and then me and my dad and, and started a, a nostalgia series here also in, in the Texas area that was very strong. Um, so a lot of that, you know, we saw a lot of drag races. We went to a lot of drag races. You saw, you know, what went wrong at drag races and what could be better at drag races. I and mean, you also saw what went really well and, and the tracks that know how to do what they're trying to do. And those were, you know, are, are things that you try to mimic, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I've always thought very highly of, of, of Boise, the Firebird Raceway. Those guys put on a great show, the Nightfire Nationals. I went there for tw 10 years in a row doing event photos and thought that was, you know, really awesome. Back in the good days of uh, Cordova Dragways World Series, you know, that was an awesome event. Scott Gardner, um, you know, the March Meets, always awesome event. So getting to go to those races so many years in a row, applying that to what we were trying to do in Texas, having the ability to do my own events, uh, here in the Dallas area, um, kind of all morphed into this. I mean, at the end of the day, funny car chaos was going to be a one race deal, uh, possibly an annual deal. Um, so it, 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 it changed its course quickly and, uh, has now become our full-time gig. So now it, it what you just mentioned is awesome because it plays well into this next question is that it, it connected a few dots for me as well. 
your, your series is kind of like an amalgamation of all the cool things of drag racing, in my opinion. And what kind of caught my eye is the A, B, and C field kind of deal that you guys do. And you can elaborate that on here in a second. But how did you come up with the idea to do the A, B, and C fields? And why does it work so well? Uh, I'm, I've always kind of been a no rules guy. Um, I, I don't, I don't find it interesting to have a big rule book. I don't find it interesting to limit creativity on a build. Um, and at that time, funny car chaos 1.0 was happening. You didn't have eight nitro funny cars, eight alcohol funny cars, eight nostalgia funny. There was not enough to even have a class. You had to combine them to make a field, you know? Um, but, but, you know, I've, uh, the pro mod field or showdowns got no rules and, that's going into its ninth anniversary race this year. Um, my affiliate a series in the past have been very limited on rules. Um, I'm always kind of a bring, bring it to the track and let's run heads up four tens pro tree. Let's get it. Um, you know, so I kind of just carried that over, but to, if you're going to do that, you have to create, you know, a fairness level of some sort. And so qualifying them based on their performance after three qualifying rounds, you'll have three nitro cars, a twin turbo car and a, and four alcohol cars or whatever, all in the same field, but it doesn't matter because they all ran in a, in a, within a few tenths of each other. And it makes for good side-by-side racing. Um, you know, so that's the format we started with. That's the format that we've carried forward. Um, another critical key to that is how we award points. You earn the same amount of points, whether you're an A, B or C racer, um, we guarantee A and B fields at every race. We've been adding C fields this year so far at every race, thankfully with the support of many sponsors to qualify 24 cars at every race instead of just 16, because we're averaging over 30 cars a race. And I'm another guy who just, I, I greatly believe in making sure everybody leaves home with at least some tow money and some hotel money or something, you know, um, we do not do top heavy payout. We spread it out across the board. Um, everybody puts forth the same effort to get their car built. Everybody puts the same effort to get their car to the track. Everybody wants to do as good as they can. You know, I don't need one guy leaving with 20 grand and everybody else leaving with nothing. So that's the payout formula we use. That's the structure we use. Um, I had three cars with big block Chevrolets finish in the top five in points last year. And that is a great example of how the points concept and the fields are, are working for what it's you know meant to be funny car chaos is not meant to be a uh side gig for top fuel funny cars it's a grassroots series for grassroots racers going to grassroots racetracks having grassroots fun so you know that's that's how we have to continue to appeal to a, a middle or low budget guy that wants to be a funny car racer oh it, and you guys have absolutely like knocked it out of the park like i've watched a couple events on flow which thankfully flow broadcasting now so people like me that can't travel to some of these events i get to watch them and the best word that i can use to describe funny car chaos if i was you know one word description entertaining that is exactly what i i feel entertained i feel if i went to your event and i paid whatever the gate money was and i stayed the whole time i was like i feel like i got my money's worth because like you said the multiple classes the different combinations you never know what you're going to see happen. And you're not honestly running on some of these tracks are old school tracks. You watch these cars go to the track. You know, it's not a knock on the track. They're rough. 
They are not national event pool tables. These, it looks like I get to watch something from 1982. I'm seeing a 1982 body car race on this track. I'm like, this is what it's about. Like, shut up, take my money. Right. Well, there's one thing about funny car chaos is you never know what's coming to the line next. And it's a, it's a different combination of, of cars every time. It keeps you on your toes, man. I mean, I'm, a, I'm at the end of the day, like we said, we're both drag racing fans since we were born. Yeah, I got to put the races on and make sure everything's going all right. But at the end of the day, I'm glued to the starting line because I want to watch because I'm a fan and it is exciting. I mean, I, I, every pair is a thrill ride. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And and yeah, we cater to the grassroots racetracks and some of them are old. They're, several of them are really old and they do their best to do with, with what they got. Um, you know, we, we try to, of course, prioritize safety wherever, where we go and, and all those things are in place, but we do not run at the Texas motorplex eight times a year. We, you know, we, we just went to the motorplex and had the best race we've ever had and everybody blew their career best out of the water. And, and we all expected that. And that's what happened. And it was awesome. We had a great time the following weekend. We go to Amar or the next race is Amarillo dragway. It's been there for 60 years and they haven't touched it in 60 years. So, you know, it was a totally different, uh, ball game. And it's fun to it's fun to watch the teams adjust to making their cars, you know, get down the track. I, I like that part of it. I like creating the challenge a little bit, and it makes it a lot less predictable than some of your other possible drag racing events you could want to watch, where you kind of know, unless this guy red lights or brakes, he's going to win. There's none of that at Funny Car Chaos. Oh no, th- these guys can't pin their ears back and throw all the clutch at it and let it eat. That's like that's how you're going to have a bad day at the office, which again, it makes it interesting. It makes the drivers drive the variety. Like I did the story and that dude that's got the twin turbo funny car. You got, you know, I saw you had a nitrous freaking funny car. I mean, that's like, to me, it's like, this is like, this is cool. Like I could, I, I can watch this. This, this is what makes it interesting. And, you know, your series is kind of a throwback to old school, just across the board. It's old school drag racing and the entertainment factor. You know, you've got pit gassers. I mean, you guys, all kinds of cool stuff that comes. You know, do you think that's kind of what makes it popular and makes people gravitate towards it? Is it, is it, it's a throwback to the old school stuff that it's not corporate drag racing. Oh, yeah, man. It's a totally different vibe, dude. I mean, everybody's got hero cards everybody's the cars all have names that's that's huge you know um i understand big show racing takes big show money and everything's got red tape and you gotta you know do whatever they say but at funny car chaos every single one of these cars has a has a brand has a name on it not a brand and you know the fans can relate and say oh well that's my favorite car that's the dragon slayer that's my favorite one you know it's like the old monster truck days everybody knew Gravedigger, you know so, and, and that's what I've told these racers from the beginning, we're going to build you fan base and, and, and that's what we want to do. We want the fans to want to buy your shirt and get your autograph and cheer for you. And so, you know, all of that is part of the show for sure, but keeping it simple, man, you know, um, it's a throwback, but you know, it's, it's what worked and it's something new and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're paving our own path and that's what I wanted to do from the get go. It doesn't do no good to do what somebody else is doing. Cause it's already getting done. You got to do something nobody's doing and you got to do it your way and you got to just work hard and put your head to the ground and, and dig. And, 
with the support of, of just amazing racers. These guys and girls uh, are just so supportive of, of what we're doing and, and they're having fun. They, they just can't wait. I mean, they get in fights about who get to park next to their buddy, you know, save me a spot next to him. Cause I don't want to park next to him. You know, I mean, they're, they're, that's what, that's the only drama we have at funny car chaos is friends messing with each other. And, you know, stuff like that. It's just a great group of people, great group of sponsors, great group of tracks that we work with. And, and, uh, we got the fun meter peg, man. So what's something interesting or different or shocking that you've learned promoting races that might surprise people that, you know, either aren't in, you know, that aren't in the industry. Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of knew the things I've learned over the years being involved in putting on events, uh, is a lot of the stuff you don't think about, you know, it's the stuff you don't see before the gates open and when the gates close, it's the stuff that happens overnight in between race days. Uh, I mean, the facility maintenance and most people don't understand that the drag races, you know, you're working three months ahead of time on these races and, you know, race weekend's pretty easy. Your work's basically done. All you got to do is just have the race and go home. Your hours and hours of prep and, and, and organization and promotion have gone, you know, three months ahead of time. So it's just that, that, putting yourself in those shoes is a, is something that most fans don't really understand because they've never seen it or they don't know anybody that does it or whatever, but you got to make sure toilet paper's full. You got to make sure I've plunged toilets at drag strips a thousand times. I mean, when, when something happens, it's that, Oh gosh, you got to go get it done now, you know, and, and you got to get it fixed and, you know, we got to make it okay for everybody. And it's just that kind of running around putting fires out all the time, you know, and staying on schedule and trying to change run sheets because some guys broke or whatever, you know, uh, a lot of that whole deal. Like, I don't know, I put I should put a GoPro on me and my wife and fast forward it, you know, and it's crazy. I got 23,000 steps at the Texas Motorplex race. And believe me, that's far above my normal average. So. People don't understand that those garbage cans and porta potties don't place themselves. Yeah, they don't, you know, I mean, it's just all that stuff. You got to oil dumps and all, you know, I got a checklist and, but it's just that kind of stuff. I, I would say that for somebody who doesn't see a lot of, know a lot of that, I'm just being able to get the checklist done and, and then maintain some sort of control during the chaos, you know, is, is quite an adventure, but I've literally plunged toilets and changed toilet paper multiple times. So speaking of controlled chaos, you know, I've, I've got the, the bucket list that I always talk about that I tell people events you've got to attend you know, one of Ducks races, World Cup, Outlaw Armageddon, you know, at least a big show NHRA race. And there, there's another one that I've always had in the back of my mind that I've wanted to attend myself is the Fuel Alter versus Pro Mod event. Just for the simple fact that you have literally two of, you know, the most in, intense four-wheel vehicles on their own racing are bad, but then you mix them together at one event. Let's talk about that for a second. What, what that's like to try to like put that whole deal together. Cause that, that, that's a whole lot of angry cars in one place. Yeah, for sure, man. So like, um, back in Oh two and Oh three, or maybe it was Oh one and Oh two. Uh, I was 17 taking pictures with a film camera, uh, at uh, Lone Star Raceway Park in Sealy. 
and they had the pro mod versus fuel altered match race or showdown or something. And it was outlaw fuel altered versus Texas outlaw pro mods. And so, you know, I can't take credit for the, for the thought, but I was at both of those races and, you know, Mitch King and Frankie Taylor uh, went to the final round in the first one. Uh, Mitch crossed the center line and Frankie won second year. Frankie Taylor again for final round in pro mod and Larry Reap in the Grim Reaper car was in the final. Uh, I forget what happened there. I think Frankie won that one also. Um, but then it, it stopped and I had spent years trying to get that race to come back. I'd talked to every track from Oklahoma to Houston and none of them would, you know, Oh yeah, kind of sounds cool, but I don't think so. You know, and I couldn't get it done and nobody wanted to do it. And, uh, new owner came in at North star dragway and pitched it to him and he was all over it. So we re-kicked off the deal in 2013 and finally got the race done. Uh, and it was, you know, I was still affiliated and we still are of course with the outlaw fuel alters. Um, and it was a, it had 27 cars show up for 16 spots, but yeah, I mean, now we're going into our ninth year, this June, uh, June 25th, 26th at extreme raceway park in Ferris, Texas, is the ninth annual uh, Pro Mod Fielder Showdown. It's awesome, dude. I mean, you know, you think, well, that's not going to work. That's not fair racing, but it actually is extremely close, and it works out unbelievably to watch. I mean, another deal where you don't know what's going to – you can't predict any pair that's on the starting line. The whole event, the whole time, you're on the fence going, what is next? Who is going to win this one, you know? uh getting i mean last year we broke the world record war wagon shane ferris and kevin kinsley and then ran the quickest elapsed time ever in a few altered to the eighth mile with a 344 west buck was there he was tripping um you know it was it was a good time uh so but frankie taylor and these boys and everybody i got cars coming from missouri albuquerque new mexico uh you know oklahoma everywhere illinois um it's it's kansas i mean they they, they come because it's fun it's not like again it goes back to just do something that you know ain't been done yet and and don't worry about trying to copy somebody or whatever just do it and make it work and work hard and and you know if it doesn't work okay but if it does then cool and the pro mod fielder showdown thing has definitely been a exciting race and it, it's uh it's one you know for the bucket list like you said oh totally like I got to shoot when the good guys still did a lot of their, uh, their, their drag racing stuff at some of the events and they've had it where they've had like the few alters show up in like, like the old school ones the you know, the, the freaking death traps with, you know, a Honda civic wheelbase with a freaking nitro engine on the front of it. Those guys got a screw loose. Right. And even like the modern few alters, these like, it's so funny to watch these things try to go down the track because the driver is literally wrestling a nitro powered drift car down the track. It's, it, you know, you know, big header flames, full nitro. It's, it's awesome to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's, it's another one of those no rules races, dude. I mean, we don't, there, you know, there's tons of rules and pro mod, you know, and it's like, well, forget that this weekend, you can do whatever you want. I don't care what you weigh. I don't care how much blower, whatever the rules are. I'm not even sure what rules are in pro mod, but they don't matter at pro mod fuel altered and neither do they matter for a fuel altered class either. It's come on and get it, man. We're going to run heads up. Let's see who can flex the most muscle. Come on. That Yeah. That, and again, you know, you get the, like someone like Frankie Taylor, who is, I love Frankie. He's, 
Like you, you never like there you call he's he's called the madman for a reason. And like just seeing how he approaches stuff, like just the the the, the you see his gears turn like oh we, we can make that work. Like no no wait, okay, screw blower, you got it, let's do this. It's 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 nuts to watch. Yeah, yeah. Last year he was in the final with uh Kevin Kinsley, and uh I remember him saying he said, I'm coming next year, but I'm coming with a different package because I'm in pro mod legal trim or whatever class legal trim that he was in. He said, I'm coming no rules next year. So who knows? Well, hopefully he comes back this summer and uh, who knows how much uh, over the rules package he may go. Every like only weight enough to keep the car weight biased on the track, whatever pulley will let it live, you know, 670 feet and that's it. Right. You know, And in a, in a couple of racks of rods and pistons, maybe an extra crank if he needs it, just, you know, pull the pin and throw the grenade. Right. Yeah. And Which, it's interesting to watch those cars, dude, because, you know, most of the fuel alters are clutch cars. Most of the pro mods are leaving off buttons, I think, you know, and, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, it's not really fair or whatever, but it, it ends up being fair and it ends up being very entertaining. And, you know, fuel alters tend to be a little bit faster. Most of the fuel alters are a little faster, but, you know, it depends on how good of a pro mod crop we get. Um, some years have been a little slim. Some years we've got some hitters and, and I'm hoping this year we've got some hitters. And when you get, you know, 10 or 12 or 14, maybe even more cars that can run on each side of the ladder at 380 or better, you know, that's good racing. And, and tuning nitro cars is definitely an art more than a science because there's, there's a lot of factors going on there to try to get those things down the track, let alone something with a short wheelbase in that engine that, you know, that just wants to rip itself apart. You know, the, the clutch package you got, you know, you're tuning for the track tuning for the atmosphere. There's a lot that goes to it. So having a consistent car is not an easy task. Yeah. There's no, there's no Davis boxes on fuel. No, no, it's, you know, it's like that, that scene in uh black Hawk down, you know, where's your safety. This is my safety, you know, and they're, yeah. they're, your they're, right foot's your only safety. Yeah. Their, their right foot is the Davis box. That's literally it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we got to hit up our other sponsor here. We'll kick pro charger for 25 years. Pro charger has been the industry's leading aftermarket supercharger manufacturer by designing, engineering, and building the most powerful, reliable, and advanced centrifugal superchargers on the market. No matter if you're looking for 3,500 horsepower for a record setting pro mod or a DIY system for your streetcar, truck, or motorcycle, pro charger has a perfect system for you. For more information about ways you can bolt on 50, 60, 70, or even 100% more horsepower, visit ProCharger.com. Which, again, you might see some ProCharge Pro mods there. It'd be fun to see one of, well, I don't think you'll see it, but to see one of those guys show up and go unlimited because they, you know, they, they don't want to get their hands smacked by any of the sanctioning bodies any more than they already have. Hey, man nobody's smacking hands at any of my races. You can bring a pro charge, funny car, whatever you want to do, man. Now that would be interesting. A pro charge, funny car. That would be wild to see. Sure. Come on. It, Put it, it together. Bring it out. Somewhere. Larry Larson is going, huh? <laughs> look, look, look at it as two brack. Look at it. A spare engine. I got an idea on racing yeah. junk, looking for a body. That would be interesting to see. 
Absolutely. Come on. Now, I want to get your take on this. What do you think drag racing in general needs to do to make it a top tier spectator in spectator sport again? And what I mean by that is, again, watching what we used to watch, seeing grandstands, you know, sort of like NASCAR full to the brim, you know, the, 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 the fence full to the brim. What does drag racing need to do at all levels to really bring that back at big venues? Well, you know, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a, that's a, that could be a long conversation. Um, but there's a lot more that drag racing is competing with now too. I mean, you know, in those days there was no internet, there was no cell phones, there was no, you know, all this stuff, everybody, there's way more stuff now and there's a lot more entertainment going on. Um, so, you know, you got to credit to, you got to give credit to that at some point is like, well, sorry, this weekend I got the Garth Brooks concert or, or, you know, I'm going roller skating or whatever it is. Um, I think there was just a lot more, lot, maybe a lot less to do. I mean, back in those days, you know, Hot Rod Magazine was, was killer and that was it. And, you know, they had, everybody knew when the next drag race was coming to town and cause it was on the radio, but um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, there's also twice as many people in the world as there was back then. So you know, you could, you could, you could, you could do pros and cons all the time. You know, I mean, I think it's good. I, I, it's not, it's not such doom and gloom as, as some, you know, you see people just bashing NHRA all the time and, oh my God, this sport's over with and all this, you know, that's just not reality. If you, if you know what you're looking at, but uh, I, there's not a lot that really, you know, the, the sport is evolving just like everything else in life. And so, you know, yeah, there's a whole lot more, electronic type drag racing going on and, and, and tuning programs and stuff and, you know, small tire racing. I mean, that's a whole new deal, you know, and all this other stuff that, you know, has been an evolution from other classes, and, you know, so drag racing is fine. I mean, are the stands completely packed on TV every time you turn on an NHRA national event? No, but you know, how to fix that? I don't know. That's not my problem, but you know, our, our stands are pretty crowded and we like going to small racetracks and stuffing them to the gills. And, you know, I think drag racing is in good shape. I don't think that uh, we have a big crisis coming forward here. I think that uh, it's going to continue to evolve like it has been and gain interest in certain ways. And, you know, I mean, people love street outlaws. People love small tire. People love pro mods. I'm a, I'm a guy who likes top fuel cars, nitro cars and nitro Harleys and pretty much nitro anything. But I still watch the other kinds of racing and I still am interested in who won stuff and whatever. So, you know, as long as you can keep people's interest in some kind of fashion of the sport, you know, um, these younger kids, obviously, they're more in tune with with Mustangs and computers and laptops on their hood and stuff. That's not my jam. But, you know, it's good that they're there and it's good that they're interested in drag racing and it's good that they've got uh, they're creating a, a market for companies to sell those products and, and keep the whole ball rolling here the whole drag racing evolution ball rolling you know i mean it's all good man i think drag racing is in fine shape i think that's a very solid take on that 100 i think that's very very spot on i the, the my reasoning behind that is i like to get people's opinions on that and kind of see what what they think and i would agree that there's a lot of more i hate these word distraction but options out there for people and that there, the sport is a lot broader because the one it used to be, because it used to be pretty much NHRA big show racing, your local track, that was it. And right. now, I mean, 
there's so many different options for you to go to check out races anymore. It's, it, I hate to use the word dilute, but it spreads everything out where maybe you won't see those massive crowds for multiple days straight. But then on the flip, like I said, the flip side of that you go, people scream NHRA is dying. And then I look at some of these events and you know they, they're selling out a lot more events than what they used to for sure in different markets. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm in Dallas where there's, four drag strips within well, there's probably six or seven drag strips if you count the unsanctioned ones within three hours where i'm standing right now and so you know there's you got where, where are you going to go i got seven tracks i can go to to watch a drag race well you know that goes back to the you know track owners need to work together and everybody needs to be on the same page of course we all know sometimes that doesn't work out but um you know there's a lot to choose from like you said and you know, you just on my end of things with Funny Car Chaos, I, I try to make sure that we're not back to back with some big event that the track had a week before or a week after or whatever, um, you know. Um, but, yeah, there is a lot more to do. You're, you're right about that. There's a lot of drag racing going on. I mean, there was a huge grudge race 20 minutes away from the Nitro Menace at the Motorplex in March. But both tracks had a great crowd. Both tracks, everybody was happy. Two totally different audiences, two totally different uh, choices of entertainment for drag racing, but they were both successful and that happens a lot, you know? Um, so it's, it's whatever your cup of tea is. Come take a sip. Oh, totally. And you know, I pretty much any form of drag racing I'm into, I can deal with, you know, can I sit there and watch all 16 rounds of a big dollar bracket race? No, can't do that. Can I go to a big bracket race and maybe find a couple of cool cars to check out and shoot some features on. Absolutely. But I can't spend all day there. Now, a new bucket list event I'm adding is like Bo Butner's Southern Sportsman Nationals, where it's nothing but stock and super stockers. I like legit. That's, that's my, that's my drag racing heaven right there. Like I could sit there for 18 hours and hang out at a track and shoot and watch stock and super stockers. That would be, You'd have to remind me to eat, drink, and possibly breathe. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, th those are some of the most specialty races that are the ones that are kind of, you know, standing out, obviously. You know, Ducks races, are, I've been to several of those. Those are cool. Um, you know, so, you know, I think I think having a creative approach and, and just believing in what you're doing, and, and it comes down to hard work. I mean, anybody that's putting on a successful drag race, first thing, you got to work hard. It, it doesn't just happen, you know. Woostock, Woo I got to go cover that event. And I don't get to go. I've never been to like a big, like what I consider a big no time kind of deal. You know, that event mixes the both of no time and class racing, which I don't think a lot of class racers were there because of the timing of it. You know, Tyler's race being right after. And then there was, you know, a couple big pro mod events on that weekend. But, you know, it happens. But again, like, the no time show took it to that next level there. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. I want to go check out more no time races now just because of the atmosphere and like, it's good racing. And that, I think that's, again, it, it circles back to the one word description of funny car chaos entertainment. You have to entertain the people in the stands. Yeah, for sure, man. Yep. So it's all about, I tell the drag rate, I tell these, you know, the track owners we work with and anybody that asked me, it's like, you know, you own a drag strip. You don't really own a drag strip. You own an entertainment facility. It's not a drag race. This is a show. 
You know, this is not a drag strip. This is an entertainment facility. If you don't look at it that way, you're, you're going to be off course about what you're doing. You know, very good point to that. The Bill Bader, the Bader family, you know, I, I hold every track that I go to, to what I call the Norwalk standard because of how well they treat people, how well That's the facility yeah. is run. I mean, it, you know, it is like, it is what you could have a nice facility, but if you don't run it right, you know, that's not good. Or you run it right in your place. But I got to sit in and be a, when I covered it to be in the media center, when he brought in everybody for the night under fire and they literally, they have a script. He calls them the cast. He talks in entertainment terms and how they are going to do everything. And then you think, well, that's kind of, you know, it's a drag race. And then you look and there's 40 freaking thousand people in the stands at Norwalk and the place is the most packed you've ever seen. And they like, it is packed from the second they start the show until the second Bob Motes is done burning the, 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 the backstop down. Everything clicks at that point because they're entertained and they're like, I've, that was, it's hard to put into words how crazy that event is. It is, dude. Yeah. I, I actually got to go one year, uh, working for Tony Pedergon. Um, they booked Tony Pedergon in and I was on the crew at that time. And, uh, that, that event kind of rocked my world. You know, it's like, whoa, this is bigger than a national event. And there's way more stuff going on than a national event. And, I liked this a whole lot more than a national event, you know, and you know, that and the world series and then March meet and, and night fires and Boise and all these, you know, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, hot rod reunion deals and other cool event. I like nostalgia stuff, but you know, the, those, those non cookie cutter approaches like Bader's have and, and like these other people have with their events that that's absolutely influential in what I'm doing. Totally. Now, the only thing that, would be you got funny car chaos there needs to be like nostalgia pro stock mayhem that's another thing we need to see because i love nostalgia pro stock cars dry hops gotta be a clutch car you know that absolutely they gotta bang gears that's another cool when you speak oh yeah that's some cool stuff yeah yeah now you're on to something man we can uh we'll put a side gig together at one of these chaos races and do a do a nostalgia pro stock chaos class don't threaten me with a good time because we'll, <laughs> no, let's do it. you mix that in, you do some nostalgia pro mods. I mean, there's, and again, it comes down to the entertainment factor of, you know, people within a certain generation are like, it tugs at your heartstrings. Oh, you know, back in the day, that was cool. That was awesome. And then you get the new people that might be in the street outlaws and you say, you know, it's like a, uh, it's like a YouTube related video. Oh, you like that? well, how long don't you check this out? And then like their minds blow. They're like, wait, this is a thing, you know, it changes it, changes their right. outlook, <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, one of the last things I always like to pose with my guests yeah, I've, I've started to do is that I have a magical power here on the drag scene podcast. And I have a checkbook that I can open up to my guests that grants all of their wildest financial dreams for the sport of racing. This time, however, I am going to give, the keys to you, Chris, and open up the checkbook, and you can now create the perfect event as a promoter. It could be 
we'll, we'll go with we'll, we'll, if you want to use the funny car chaos model, you can do whatever you can, but you have an open checkbook to do whatever you want at whatever facility you want. Where are you going to book? What are you going to book? What What's this event going to be? That dream event wow. that you think about when you're mowing the lawn and you're trying right. not to be bored and you're like, I would do, you know, what, what pops in there? Yeah, uh, man, an unlimited checkbook. I'd have to build my own drag strip first. Uh, and it would, you know, have all sorts of crazy amenities that none, that is not reality. Like, you know, temperature controlled stuff and, you know, uh, covered a dome so that we can't get rained out, first of all. Uh, you know, but it'd be a lot of nitro, dude. I'm telling you, man, uh, it would be like, you know, 500,000 to win fuel altered top fuel, funny car, whatever, <laughs> you know, it would be nitro and a lot of nitro. <laughs> so we're going to take the nitro, but we're going to add more nitro. Right. It's kind of like nitro chaos. We got our first nitro chaos race coming up this year that me and uh, Gerald Kramer at Eddieville raceway park have partnered in on and this race is just like Funny Car Chaos, but it's only for cars with 80% nitro or more. So front engine, yes. top fuel, rear engine dragster, Funny Car, fuel altered. I've been trying to get these guys with these nitro pro mods. Come on, man. It's 10 grand to win. Good money. Lots of fun. So I'm kind of doing this race already, but we're, we're in reality. But, but it is called Nitro Chaos, and, and we're doing it this summer in July. But so I guess if I had unlimited budget, I would just do nitro chaos on like this crazy scale. Oh, that, that sounds like heaven on earth, especially you start getting those, those, uh, night, night, the nitro door cars. Cause I know, uh, Marty chance has got that one that they've, they're playing with. And then, you know, Scott Palmer's, you know, tries to give the NHRA a heart attack on a regular basis with his car. So right. yeah, yeah. The, you talk with him about that. And it's so funny to hear the stories around it that the NHRA looks at that car and they just, they, they want to crawl into the fetal position, I think, because that thing violates so much that they want to try to control. And Scott, it's like, he just, you know, it's like that, that Ralph Wiggum me where it says, ha I'm in danger. He doesn't understand. He's like, yeah, we're just, we're just gonna let this thing eat and see what happens. All right. I love Scott, man. He's a good dude. And, you know, he's not going to let nobody keep him from having fun. That's for sure. Oh, no. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the understatement of the day. And I, I would imagine what would happen in Glendale if there is a 300 mile per hour door car roaming the earth. Yeah. Like it's going to happen one day. <laughs> oh, to, to, totally. He's he, they're going to get that thing to work and it's going to go 300 and like just it's going to be insanity it's going to be the good kind of insanity yeah yeah you know first to 300 there's not a lot left of that but we did that uh at nitro madness at the motorplex in march with uh richard hartman and tim wilkerson and, and kevin kinsley and shane Pierce, and them both ended up going 300 uh in few alters and that and first to the fours as well for hartman and uh two huge milestone few altered that basically closes the book on any kind of major performance level after that uh, all you can do is just go quicker and faster at that point. But speaking of 300, you know, so pro mods and door slammers are next, man. we got to get them into 300. Oh yeah. That, that would be, that would be just delicious. And yeah, the, 
the the whole Hartman thing. I, I've talked to a few guests about that. I've talked about it on their podcast. You know, it, that's really kind of been a big deal. And you know, I was on a bracket racing podcast and we talked about that. They're like, "What do you think of that?" I'm like, "That's probably one of the coolest things you're going to see this year." That you know, I think their reaction to that run where everybody was like, well, "We weren't expecting that, but that was fun." You know, <laughs> that was kind of wild. Yeah, man, it was great. It worked out so good. That was an awesome race. Uh, Motorplex staff was awesome for Wilkerson and Hartman to come and want, they came because they wanted to come, you know, I mean, they were like, Hey man, give me 20 grand and I'll come, you know, they came cause they wanted to be there. And the war wagon guys and Kevin Kinsley are the same way. And they've been wanting to run as fast as that war wagon fuel altered is badass. And they've just never had the facility or the ability to let it eat. And they've never been able to go quarter mile. And I mean, just that car to run 300 and it's just so awesome. And at the, at the, at the, at Motorplex, your, your scoreboards are a single display line. So you got to wait for the mile an hour to come up after the ET. And when they ran that, you're sitting there looking at the ET and it's like, well, that was fucking fat or freaking fast, but boom, there goes the speed 300. And I mean, the crowd just started screaming, you know, and it's like, it's just a really cool moment for me and everybody that was there and props to them guys, both of them. They were just awesome. Yeah, because there is a very limited amount of facilities that you would even dare to try to do that at. Because again, it comes down to how gnarly those cars are that you need the the safety factor, you need the surface and you need the shutdown that, you know, yeah. go, go getting going that fast is the easy part. The, the, the next terrifying one is when you bang those shoots are like, all right, am I going to run out of real estate or not? And doing it in one of those cars is just, I, I've photographed Hartman's car at the Detroit Autorama. And like now looking back at that, to think that that car went that quick and that fast, it's like, wow, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. Major cojones, man. Yeah. That's the, the, there are certain vehicles that when you talk to racers that they say that I would never try to, be a part of nitro harleys pro mods fuel alterts are the three things that like varying degrees of racers will say i don't want any part of right absolutely man yeah well chris our time here is coming to the end on the drag zine podcast and i like to allow my guests to channel their inner john force and go back to those diamond p moments where they get to thank all their sponsors and tell you know we add in that you get to tell people where to find you at and whatnot so I'm going to turn the floor over to you so you can thank all your sponsors, tell people where they can learn about Funny Car Chaos, what you got going on, the events, the whole deal. So do your sales pitch, do what you got to do. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, right on. Thanks, man. So, you know, Spell Paving Services is our title sponsor. Uh, Intech Oil, Mears Mazda Volvo, Redline Shirt Club, Stupid Fast Racing, all our primary sponsors this year for our uh, fourth annual championship tour um nitrochaos.com you can find out about nitro chaos coming up in july at eddieville raceway park funnycarchaos.com website facebook funny car chaos uh easy to find lots of fun love to have you out come check it out take a road trip with us bring your rv tickets are 20 bucks we don't get greedy we put on a show we love to have you you know, i am going to start something new right here right now funny car chaos gets the imaginary drag zine stamp of approval something that you know adding it to further to the list of things that people need to check out i'm going to see if i can find a way to con 
Wolfen to let me go to the uh, pro mod fuel altered race. I got to figure that one out, but uh, definitely want to check that out for sure. I got to thank our sponsors, of course, AFR performance distributors and pro charger. We got more sponsors coming off. Thank those in the future. Once we get everything finalized, but Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Absolutely, man. Appreciate your time.